Everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Hi. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Todd. We were uh, we're having fun with uh, Skype this morning. Rob's uh, audio out was like flipping him the bird. Wasn't letting. Yeah, him... I, I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear Todd. So yeah, <laughs> things things happen. So I just had to switch my output. So yeah, yeah. Skype Skype can be uh, ornery sometimes. It's just you get an update and it conflicts with something. So when it works, it works. But yeah. Who knows? It's always a mystery when it happens. Yeah, yeah, and you're always scratching your head. But anyway, everyone, welcome to the show, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, nice, uh, nice break for me, and uh, but, but glad to be back in the saddle. Yeah, great, great to have you back. So, did you have a good good trip to uh, to the Far East? I I did absolutely, I did. So uh, no complaints whatsoever there. And, uh, yeah, so we're good. So I'm, I had a good, good break, but, uh, anyway, lots of stuff going on in the space. I kind of felt completely, I was completely like disconnected. I mean, uh, no, I didn't read email, didn't read websites, wasn't on Facebook. It was, uh, it was perfect. So I was going to say that was the point, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. I came home to 2,600 emails and. Oh man, and then not having a clue what the heck was going on, and uh, just trying to get up to speed on, you know, what I missed. And I guess I didn't miss much. <laughs> it starts to slow down a little bit this time of the year, to yeah. some degree. And I know that we were originally going to have um, uh, a person on from Google today, um, yeah. But but uh, he he was actually on an airplane right now, flying back i think he said from the far east as well so yeah i, I think he was yeah. in i think he was in europe or something i, I, I don't know he's somewhere oh, yeah okay. but yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway he's fine back so he's uh, rescheduled for uh the 7th of july so oh okay well we'll cross our fingers that he is able to come on and it, it sounds like he's gonna i don't know i mean he may stay longer but i think he may only stay for a half an hour oh okay so, but that that should be plenty, and then we, and then we can always talk afterwards. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. I, I need to full screen you. I'm just in a little box on your monitor. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That that's better. Something was. I kept looking around. What's wrong? And yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was something I neglected to do. But now you're full screen. So um, yeah, kind of a, a, an interesting end of the week. And uh, it really kind of started with something you had found. Um, <laughs> and I'm the one that kind of raised a little bit of stink about it. But uh, you want to talk about this cast box thing? Well, it actually came from uh, one of the Spreaker developers. Because oh. we've been working on trying trying to make sure that we're fully compliant with the Google stuff that's mm -hmm. going on now with our platform. and he stumbled across this, uh, this feed that was showing up in search results, um, in, in Google of all places and, um, was, was curious what was going on with that. So he shared it with me. So that's how, that's how we discovered it was in connection with the Google stuff. So, um, so you can kind of see how that might <clears throat> have been used by Castbox to get some search engine optimization stuff going for them. 
So. Yeah, and in quite the wrong way to do it, uh, nonetheless. So for those of you that aren't aware, what Rob found, or what Rob's team found, was a a mirrored, well, I, I, I'll just call it the way it is, a hijacked mirrored feed of his original feed utilizing a URL that terminated at CastBox and all links within the feed, um, excluding the audio feed, had been removed. All reference links to original articles, episodes, um, had been stripped from that and replaced with CastBox originating or terminating links, which goes against everything um, that is the norm for podcasting. And um, originally, I, you know, I was, I, I tried to justify how they were doing this. I tried to look and say, okay, if they, if this was an internal feed that's being used to power something on their website, then or power their their app or something. power their app, then I can give them the benefit of the doubt on that. In mm-hmm. in that this is a simple mistake. These were publicly. Uh, these were public. These were feeds that they're using internally that should have not been publicly allowed to be seen, and but they but they weren't. Um, if you look at the comparison of the data on their website and the what was in the feed, and there it wasn't the same information. So their explanation, I, I'm still not completely convinced they they released like three different statements all three of them conflicting with each other mm-hmm. and one that came out that was official but still in my humble opinion they haven't fully answered the the reasoning here for for those feeds now i, I i'm you know i i just well todd we discovered them in connection with uh Google. Google podcast optimization. Right. So if you think about what that means and that Google optimization utilizes RSS feeds like that to generate plays in Google. Um, so they could be trying to rank higher and drive traffic back to their website in the Google search stuff. Right. Right. So that's probably what it was is my guess. And they just didn't realize that all hell was going to break loose when all of a sudden you search for the Spreaker live show and in amongst the search results is your feed and their feed and giving people the false impression that this is the place to go to subscribe to a show. Mm-hmm. In, in the Google platform, in the Google then, platform. Yeah. yeah. And then back to their, the, the, the homepage link was back to their page. For right. The back to yeah. their homepage. And still, you know, they haven't given a reason why they, you know, in my opinion, there was no, there's never, there was, there's never a reason. And plus they stripped out header information, copyright information. They put a whole bunch of their stuff in there. Um, this was an obvious bumble by those folks. Well, Todd, are we going to see more of this though, given Google's new strategy though? Um, that's, that's the thing that I was thinking about is that we could see this pop up more in the future. Yeah. 
I think I think we could, but the problem, yeah. well, what this boils down to is you have a group of people running a company that obviously do not understand podcasting and the value of a podcast feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and you know, I'm just I'm just going to call a spade a spade, and I, I and I can't I'm not convinced otherwise at this point. It's just too coincidental. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that the the owners of Castbox really understand podcasting that much. I know it's a Chinese company. At the end of the day, um, I, I thought they had U.S. run. Don't they have some U.S. based people? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I think the CEO is former Google, um, but I, I I think it has strong connections to China China from an investment perspective. Um, yeah, if you want to um, hear more about Castbox, go go listen to the Wolf Den podcast with uh, Alex. Um, you know, as part of the mid-roll folks, mm-hmm. uh, they did an interview with their their I think global. VP of partnerships, um, just, just in the most recent episode, I, I was, uh, listening to it last night and it just kind of gives you a glimpse. I mean, he was pretty candid cause I listened to it last night. He was pretty candid about, uh, his disagreement with the strategy coming out of the China, the China connection. Uh, and he fully acknowledged that they didn't really understand the space, but they were learning fast is what he said. <laughs> hmm. So if you want to dig a little deeper into this, I would go listen to that conversation in the Wolf Den podcast. So, well, Dave Jackson was not at all. He he just laid out three separate comments that they made in I think the same interview that yeah was like wow they don't so you know uh, you know maybe they just didn't know this you know here's the pro- if if you don't come from the podcasting space and you're not a podcaster you don't understand the sensitivities of a feed and um so i i, I think it really boils down to maybe they you know maybe i'm being too harsh on them but uh it sounds to me like they need to get some people in there that really understand the podcasting space mhm well they're also playing around with the premium subscriptions too. They're getting into original content and then they're only, only publishing that content just to Castbox. So they're playing that, that HBO model. So they're publishers um, as well then. Correct. Well, that yeah. contradicts even more what they said. Yeah. So, so they, you, they are a host. Yeah, but they're only a host to their own platform. Right. So their own apps, essentially. So they're they're being linked up with the conversation about how how you know is this the age of the the Netflix of podcasting kind of kind of phenomenon mm. and and that's you know or the HBO of podcasting or whatever that's been bounced around a lot but it seems like some folks are trying to trying to position themselves as as a little bit like an Audible in combination with a you know an a fairly open podcast listening platform. So um, they're trying to live in, in both worlds. Right. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, this isn't the first Chinese company to stumble like this. So no. No. 
<laughs> you know, another, another hosting. There's been strong Chinese connections in this medium for many years now. Yeah, and, and yeah. making some of the same exact mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, to me, it's they're, they're just another app. Um, I'm, I haven't been following them too close. There's some people that say that they have search results are really good over there. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're doing stuff with transcriptions. Uh, they've had about, I, I think the number I heard was 29 million in venture capital. Oh my God. Uh, 29 million for, yeah. for an app, an app. Well, it's, it's a platform, Todd, you know, <laughs> so so yeah, twenty nine million. It's a lot. It's a lot, and they have. Uh, if you go listen to this this guy talk, uh, Victor, I think is his first name. Um, they have over sixty employees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I could do with sixty employees? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, when you don't have to pay him shit in China, it doesn't matter, right? Well, I don't know if where the people are. I don't know if they're in China or here, but, but I, that's what he said is that they, they have about 60 employees. So. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, in, that's amazing. 29 yeah. million for a, well, you know, and there, I, I, as I was looking at the feed that had been quote unquote hijacked and mirrored, um, they had, um, some s- s- semblance in their references to ad injection and so this to me is the purpose. I, you know, that was my initial thought was, okay, they had to create a feed so that when they do injection uh, through the people that work with them, um, they can change out the media URL. That was my uh, kind of thought process is why they had these secondary feeds. But um, as I think about it more, I'm not completely convinced because those were just links to articles on their website talking about ad in, or ad injection. So and Todd, uh, I think it was more of an SEO thing. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I think it was trying to get into the Google uh, podcast platform for all, all these shows to try and generate traffic for them. Well, so. um, podcasters, this is a fair warning for you. Another reason and absolutely another reason why it's important to control your feed. I'm just uh, well, and and we're gonna have to have a talk to the the gentleman from Google um, on on the seventh about this topic, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to ask him how do we prevent yeah. rogue third parties from doing the same thing? Who? How do we set the authority on a feed? Exactly. Who should be the one that comes up uh, as a searcher? I mean, because up to this point, Todd, if you think about it, I mean, you do a search for any show in mm-hmm. Google, you could have a variety of right. links that go go to different platforms to listen to the same show. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I guess you know they took the approach that uh, why can't we do that with the new situation, right? Right. So a person could subscribe in the in the Google Podcasts. Um, to a speaker live show in Castbox, right? And not only that, it proved it, it also sets the realization, Rob, that they had to have set the header information in the web page to link to that file to make Google search results find it. They had to purposely put that. You, well, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Now that I 
think yeah. about it a little and, more. And it, they <clears> justified <throat> it from the fact that the, the, the media file request is still going to our servers. Right. So, so the metrics on that are still intact, mm-hmm. right? That listener is still tracked. Um, but if they can get people to, to go visit their, their website for the show, then they're getting that traffic. And, you know, like you say, maybe there's an opportunity for them down the road to, to switch on some sort of monetization strategy or to solicit you as a podcaster to move your show over to them. Uh, at some point, you know, who knows, depending on what their, what their strategy turns out to be. Right. Another thing that uh, rubbed people wrong was that they they said in their statement that they remove links back to home pages for safety reasons, and um, or security reasons. It, well, <laughs> they said safety reasons specifically, and um, okay, so I understand the impact of when you have a directory, and you okay. So for as an example. Every once in a while, a, a site will get hacked and it'll get flagged. And if your site is linking to that site, you're going to get a notification that um, you're linking to that site. That's part of the uh, webmaster tools and all that. It's basically, you know. Mm-hmm. So when when you have a show like mine that has 30-plus outbound links to different sites, Invariably, once in a while, one of those outbound links will go to a site that's got some issues, and I'll have to de-link it on my site. Now, imagine a directory with uh, you know six hundred thousand shows in it, and you're got all the show note links linking back to the original material. It 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 does. There can be some impact. So, yeah. but it doesn't excuse the. You know, so that's a risk, and that's something you, as a as a um, directory that you have to plan for, that you mm-hmm. have to make sure that you're ready for if something comes up. So we, you know, we have no issues, and we from the very beginning we link back to the podcaster's homepage and original RSS feed. That that is just you know, yeah, that's the way you do it. And, you know, we haven't had this come up in a while, but if you remember back in the early days, this happened on quite a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did we have to talk about companies that were, you know, big ones? You know, the Pod, uh, Pod Show got in trouble for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. They had some issues with, uh, with, with hijacked feeds. And Pod Show who, Todd? Yeah, yeah, Pod Show. <laughs> You know, and even Adam Curry had to come on and apologize and said, we made a mistake. It was an oversight. It was wrong. Yeah. And, and they fixed it, you know. Yeah. And um, so and it, it, it was like, that was like Armageddon. And yeah. uh, so, sorry here, my phone's getting close to the speakers. And if someone's probably one of those, you are being investigated by the IRS, some number that I've uh, never heard from before so um yeah i just uh it it, it, well i think we're gonna see more of this if you have teams that don't podcast yeah i think with the new google strategy i think we are going to see this happen more um i don't know maybe this this situation with Castbox will cast a shadow over this practice and 
keep it from happening. But I think with Google's new approach here and new strategy, I think uh, it's it's definitely a possibility that could happen more. Right. So, you know, Eileen says in the chat room, but whose safety are they concerned with? Yeah. Just saying. Their own. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, and, you know, and what even surprised me more, there was a few people in the Facebook thread that were like, so what? And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. You, did you, you know, I'm, and just, and you, you just want to, you want to grab his shoulders and shake him, you know, you know, you're like, wake up and have a clue here. What's going on? And, you know, so I, I tried to spend, a, you know, a paragraph kind of just quickly explaining why this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I hope over time here, and I think I was thinking about this too, in the context of this is, how much are people really cutting and pasting and, and utilizing RSS feeds anymore? <laughs> you know, I think it's, it, I think ultimately my thought was RSS feeds would, would eventually disappear into the fabric of the, of the internet, uh, where machines shared RSS feeds, not people, you know? Um, and I think that, that may be the course that we're on, um, going into the future. I, I see you know, I just don't see people cutting and pasting RSS feeds or having a need to do that, Todd. Um, well, I'm not saying that they're cutting and pasting, but it's the, it's still the no. vehicle to get this thing done. Well, I know, but, but really I think as far as my, you know, my understanding of the history of this is that where the danger was is people taking a feed, right? That mm -hmm. they got off of some other platform that was hijacked and then submitting it to iTunes, right? Or, right, right. Or putting it into their podcatcher. Sure. Uh, because a lot of the older uh, um, podcast apps, uh, you had a little button there, submit RSS feed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, I, I had the same problem with my developers when I was working at Microsoft where they had a submit RSS feed so you could add a feed to your collection that you're listening to in your software, right? Sure. It may not be in the catalog, so just go find the RSS feed and cut and paste it in there. Yep. Well, what the engineers decided to do, and I didn't really have anything to do with the architecture of that part of the thing. They just made a decision that every feed that was going to be submitted to be included in the catalog or in your personal catalog, right, would also be submitted for inclusion in the public catalog. <laughs> so so that's where it caused the problem, right? Where yeah. I just don't know, Todd, I mean, if you think about it, how many apps out there, podcast apps, are now enabling people to cut and paste RSS feeds? Yeah, I don't know how many will actually allow you to put a, manually put a feed in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do know that for as an example... Um, you know, over at Blueberry, we have the ability where people can create playlist and that yeah. playlist is a, contains an RSS feed, a custom RSS feed that they get, that they can, uh, subscribe to, which we have a huge number of people that still do that. Um, and basically we curate the, you know, the new yeah. episodes and put them in the feed for them. And then they, it shows up in their, in their playlist. So I, I know that Apple is still supporting that in the podcast app. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. I know that 
you can go into the Apple um, podcasts or or the formerly known as iTunes mm-hmm. um, podcast app on Windows and Mac, and you can you can extract the RSS feed for any show sure. that's in their catalog. So you can go in and copy and paste it, and and but you know I I don't think I guess, that it's not it's being done as much, but in this instance with the with Google being the nine thousand pound gorilla. Um, this is now an important topic again because we haven't yeah. we've ta- haven't had talked about this in many years. Yeah, because we really haven't had a real issue with it, and and now since Google has taken this mm-hmm. this new approach, um, where <clears throat> where if you put um, the RSS feed in the header of your website, right? Yeah. Uh, irregardless of whether or not it's your RSS feed, if you're able to get the RSS feed you could conceivably do this, right? Yeah. And Apple is a source of getting RSS feeds. Eileen says, but what is also interesting, do you guys think that CastBox was doing this from the beginning? I know that, I know the speaker engineers just found it, but how long were these feeds out there? I I would have I seen know. this. I don't think it's been that long because it hasn't been that long that Google has really pushed on their their their, their strategy. Right. So I think it's just been in the last few weeks because I'm sure everybody in the industry now is all focused on making sure that they're compatible with right. Google podcast within now. the past week, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. So I would, I mean, I, I bet it's been the past week. Yeah. Cause you, you, I search for my show all the time and I, I would have seen that. But then again, if you're not on an Android device, you know, you, you're probably, pretty much out there in la la land you don't know how your show's doing unless you're using a a a google um a google browser and a mobile app yeah on the website techcrunch.com oh lovely amazon has quietly launched an android web browser app for emerging markets (laughs) where access to mobile data and high-speed the mic is muted yeah the mic is muted i don't know how that got invoked oh is that Google Home? Or? Yeah, it was Google Home. I must have triggered it. Yeah. So, let me let me just do something here real quick. I'm in a Chrome bot browser because I don't think I can see anything different in a... No, so it's... In a, in a normal Google browser on a desktop, if you see, if you're not an Android user, you just don't know. You, could, you have to be on an Android device to see what yeah. what is happening here. So if you're an iOS user, you're clueless to how your stuff looks. Well, hopefully what Google do eventually will make this functionality work in their their Chrome browser on on uh, Apple as well as Windows. Yeah, we'll have to ask them if they're going to consent do do that. Yeah. Because it, you know, would make sense that that would be the case, but uh, it's yes to, you know, it's hard to know. So uh, what hashtag did Jared use? Did I miss that comment? Is Jared watching? So Eileen, what hashtag did Jared easily make? So I'm just reading the comments here on, uh, on Facebook. Mm. But it's, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time on dogging these guys, but it's just, uh, you know, it's again, 
Um, it just seems like every time that I turn around here, I continue to be re-justified in my thought process on, you know, the, the control of the feed is still, to me, top of mind. Yeah. Or, well, or, or working with someone that may ensures that your feed is controlled. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly um, the foundation of this medium. You know, the, the, the aggressive movement towards um, API syndication uh, didn't really catch on, did it, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eileen said Team Eileen was the hashtag. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, yeah. You know, so when I, you, you know me, as soon as you t- mentioned, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like. <laughs> cut the, let the, let the, the bull loose, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I knew if I, I let you know about that feed that the, <laughs> the world would catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And to their credit, they, they, they they were out, you know, I, I tweeted them first and I waited, you know, and, uh, I didn't get anything in the tweet response. So they're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> uh, drop a dime. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Is so, it, oh, go ahead. No, nothing. So what else, uh, besides cast box, what else is going on in space? <laughs> oh, a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, what was it? Uh, there was something I, I, I heard. I, I noticed that the, that, uh, Anna Ferris did a, did a deal to get on, on radio. So we're starting to see more podcast talent start to get radio deals, oh, which I, I think is interesting development. Um, what was some of the other things that happened this week too? You know, it's also the big run up to podcast movement. You yeah. know, things are things are heating up. I did get um a couple of two or three speaking gig opportunities at uh DragonCon. Well, well good. Coming up in August. I don't know if, if you've been to DragonCon before, I Todd. Have, I have not. So I guess it's like eighty eighty plus thousand people wow. converge on Atlanta. I know we're doing some sponsorships of some podcast sessions there so oh you are oh, yeah okay. but okay. uh haven't been asked to participate so yeah well, good yeah yeah so that that seems to be uh in the same genre to some degree that uh you know um the um the big cosplay podcasting event up mm-hmm. here in seattle was at the podcon yeah, right. it's in that same same genre. So it'll be interesting to see PodCon come back here too in January. Is that been the date's been announced? I let, you know, let's go to PodCon and see what they have on their website. That was the last thing that I had heard. Um, but I haven't heard from Hank Green directly. I know that they just came out of VidCon. Yeah, there's no just no dates on the website just last week so probably once vidcon is wrapped up and done then they can probably start can't concentrating on podcon right one thing that um that i saw was um oh 
I hate to go back to them, but the question that I, I asked, because I saw that uh, Kaspach had posted some listener data and um, they, um, the question that I raised was they posted this listener data. My question is, are they, are they informing listeners that they are collecting listener data? And, you know, so it's, this, this is interesting data. It says, but. but the question is, did they, are they informing their listeners um, that they're actually um, collecting that information? So I don't know if anybody even raised that question. Um, are you thinking of the, the issues with the GDPR stuff? Absolutely. GDPR, privacy. Listener privacy. So if they're if they're collecting play data um, and bringing that back is number one is it GDPR compliant? Uh, number two, in their terms of service, are they, have they told listeners that they are collecting this data? Um, so that would be my my wonder. Um, and if if they are, then okay. But uh, if they're just collecting this information and sharing it, um, maybe we've got another issue here. But yeah, I, I, Rob, I still care about listener privacy too. You know, so yeah, yeah, I do. Sometimes feel like we're the police force of the uh, <laughs> of the podcasting space, aren't we? <laughs> I hate to say it like that. <clears throat> But yeah. two old curmudgeons here, you know. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Todd. <laughs> no, but you're you're right. I guess we're we're kind of um, in a in a position where we've seen a, a lot of stuff happen, and and a lot of these trends tend to repeat themselves. Right. And I think it it. It, it it causes us to be be, be seen as a, a little bit of curmudgeons, right? <laughs> because <laughs> grumpy old men. But we've seen these trends and these things have been tried before. There's right. actually very little new that we see, even though this this whole Google podcast stuff is relatively new. I think what it's creating is, is, you know, the kind of backlash of it or whatever, or the fallout from it is not something that's tremendously new. Right. Yeah. But I'm just, uh, so I just wonder now how many podcasters are actually paying attention to this Google thing. You know, that's a pretty big deal. And if you, if you have an Android phone, how they've implemented this is slick. You know, you don't need, you no longer need a, you haven't the ability now for, well, Google has made it so that every Android user will have your show as an app on their on your desktop. You don't need an Android app no more. You just yeah. uh, you just you know it, it took me fifteen seconds once I found my show to subscribe and, and put an app right on my desk, right on my mobile yeah. tablet. You know, and but Todd, I. I do hear a lot of feedback from people saying that they're they're not very impressed with the feature set. Well, it's it's round app, it's right? round one. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree with you. But I, I've heard some people be pretty vocal about it, saying don't 
don't drop your existing Android app. Right. Because it's it's not this isn't fully baked yet, right? right. It's still raw cookie dough. Right. So which you know, which is part of why I wanted to have, you know, Kyle on the show from Google to he's the guy that's in charge of this thing. Yeah. Um, to talk about, you know, what their plans are as much as he can talk about. Yeah. I would think he can talk about quite a bit. Well, I one thing, if he's only going to be with us 30 minutes when he comes on the show, we're going to have to make sure we stay super focused on the questions we answer him. We actually may need to, to write up some questions this time. We never do that, but. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's true. Or at least have some notes in front of us about what we want to yeah. and then, make sure that we pin him down on. <laughs> and, and if any of you want us to ask specific questions to the, you know, the Google team lead, let us, let us know. We'll make sure that, uh, that we do that. So I'm just glad he's able to come on. And, uh, I was hoping this week we'd be able to get him on and talk about it. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, unfortunately it's like you said, he's in transit. Yep. So, so, but he's locked in for the seventh. Okay. So, July 7th, right here, same bat channel. Yeah, same bad time. <laughs> bad time. No, it's yeah. bat. Time. I know, I know, same bat channel. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as you're concerned, it's bad time. <laughs> yeah, it's, you remember, I, those of you that listen to this show, remember I sacrificed getting up at 4.45 a.m. on a Saturday. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Rob has to get up about uh, 15 minutes, run a little water through his hair, and turn on his computer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've got it pretty rough over here. I yeah. Well, yeah. you did this morning. You got your butt kicked by Skype. Yeah, yeah that's uh, true. That's yeah. True. Well, there was also some news about some folks launching a podcast network for YouTube stars. UTA and Cadence 13. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cadence 13, yes. So a lot of, you know, again, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of content deals happening. And they're going to call, you, yeah, yeah. And they're calling the network Ramble, and uh, I'll bet you they were down in force down at PodCon. I'm sure. Yeah, I actually I thought about going down to that as well because there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, starting to happen between that community and our community. So I guess this UTA is a pretty big talent agency. Yeah, they are. And uh, I'm not familiar at all with that side of the the biz, per se. It's, and, it's a talent agency that's located down in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. Cadence 13 has a, has a significant presence down in Los Angeles as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, a UTA is also um, what behind the deal that Amy Schumer did with Spotify. Mm. So, you know, more and more UTA represents, you know, the, the A and B B list celebrities out there and they're, they're driving people, driving their, their clients into podcasting. So speaking of Spotify, yes, Spotify, they are taking submissions again. But yeah, did yeah. have you heard any? I have a huge, I mean, huge batch that are yeah, in the I pool. Do. Yeah, I do too. Actually, we're 
we're going to jump straight into using the the API yeah. to submit to them is what we're doing. It's yeah. going to happen next week. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing the same. Yeah. So we're waiting on our token, and then uh, hopefully that'll speed things up a little bit. I guess it's almost instantaneous, I guess, oh. is what I'm hearing. So it's pretty fast. Oh, well, good. what I'm hearing. So uh, we shall see what, what actually happens next week. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll, so, that'll alleviate a lot of it. And another thing they, they still, I think, they're a little behind on is they're not refreshing feeds or they're not pulling feeds as often as I wish they would. So I'm still dealing with a lot of tickets on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's completely out of my control. But, you know, that's a real common, uh, that's real common with a rookie uh, podcast ingesting platform, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. That's that's a that's a real common rookie mistake. Yeah. Um, in how to properly manage uh, large batches of RSS feeds, how to properly set up your your parsing engines, and as you and Angelo know very well now, right? This is yeah. not a simple formula. No. Nope. And unless you've done it before, um, you don't really know how to do it. So these guys are stumbling their way through it. I'm sure right now. Yeah. It took us about well, it took us a while. But I think we're down now where I can pull 600,000 feeds in about, uh, I think about three hours. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of pulling, you know, it's, it's, you think well, about it. Well, you can't pull it too fast. No. You're going to trigger um, s- server yep. blocks. Yep. Yeah. So because there's, there's code out there that will protect the servers against, um, denial of service attacks. Right. So you have to be careful on how you pace yep. your requests. Yep. Yeah. And at the same time, it's across providers too. Um, yeah. Some providers will see you if they, you know, if they see, even though you're coming in with 10 different domains, 10 different domains from the same IP can actually trigger, uh, yeah. you know, and they're all, let's say they're all on like GoDaddy and you, you go, you hit 10 of those at once. You're still going through GoDaddy's firewall to get there, and GoDaddy's yeah. going to say, "Hey, hey, 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 uh, hold up here, slow it down, right?" Yeah. yeah. So um, you know they're just trying to protect their infrastructure, and they they don't know you're well. They probably know you're a crawler, but uh, yeah, they uh, they they penalize you if you if you hit them too fast. Yeah, I mean a lot of people don't realize that, and. And that is a little bit of the reason why things take a little time for, you know, if you update your, your cover art or you change your description or, uh, you know, Apple, I'm, I'm sure over the years, it's really had to tweak it and optimize it to get it to work even as well as they have their platform working. Right. It's not easy, you know, especially if you've got, you know, a half million shows. Yep. Yeah, but it takes a while to get through. Greg is in the chat room. He says, is it, is it time to charter a podcast industry association or for advocacy, education, member negotiations? What's the history? Has it been tried? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's been tried, yeah. but, I, but yeah. I think I I do agree. And and it's going to be a topic that I'm going to raise at the, at the State of Podcasting com, um, panel session at Podcast Movement uh, of do we need a industry association now because of the issues that we're facing right um more and more i think um that may be really the only potential solution to 
some of the challenges that the industry is going to face over the next few years. You know, the original uh, one that was started was the Association for Downloadable, Downloadable Media. And it was kind of destined to fail from the beginning because yeah, well, agendas, you, you, any association, yeah. um, th- there's agendas that get in the way and, um, corporate well, agenda. We've already seen those too, Todd. Right. Well, yes, we have. In yeah. other trade organizations, we've seen agendas cause issues and, you know, it, I mean, straight out, almost fist fights, you know, when it comes to, you know, trying to hold the line on some stuff. People have no idea some of the, you know, the so, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, and I shouldn't say fist fights. It's, it's agendas is what it is. Uh, corp- yeah. Corporate agendas. So, um, any association that would be formed, um, and it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, you're going to need, uh, dedicated people. You're going to need a uh, significant influx of cash. Um, I, I'm serious. This is not, uh, this is not something that can be run by someone in their, in their basement. It really can't. So for an association to be formed, there's going to need to be two, three core people. Um, yeah. they, staff. that are staffed, yeah. they're getting paid, they get a salary and that's going to have to be driven from, uh, from membership. And, Okay, so there's, you know, if you look at the companies out there, and the way they usually structure this is based upon revenue. Uh, that's how they do the corporate membership. Um, you set a certain dollar amount that uh, you pay. The check I write to the IEB every year is, oh, it's painful yeah. to write that check. It's a big check to write. And, yeah. and Rob, I know you guys face it too. It's, uh, and, and you have to weigh how much value am I getting out of this writing this check? Yeah. Or can I non ill afford to write the check because someone's agenda is going to be trying to do some stuff that is bad for the podcasting space. So it's almost where you have to write the check. Um, so I think yeah. any association, uh, I think it's a good idea, but it's, it's a very serious undertaking. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it has been tried before. I mean, to answer the the question here, and both Todd and I were involved in it. I, yeah. I was on the board, and I don't know if you were on the board of directors for a while. Todd. No, I, I don't think I was on the board. But you know, we we led the measurement committee. You know, that's yeah. Well, that's that's where we got the. <laughs> the standards that we had before right, IAB right. took it up. Yeah, right. People say, oh, there's no standards. Well, yes, there were. Podtrack Libsyn and Raw Voice wrote them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because at the time, we were the only ones doing measurement. Yeah. Well, you were really the only podcast hosting platforms. Yeah. 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 Well, we came on hosting late. See, we, we didn't start hosting till later. Yeah. So our our main revenue in the early days was all advertising. So oh, that's right. It was the the measurement and advertising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a uh, you know it's it's a um, I, I think it's time, but uh, people are strapped for time now. Yeah. Um, Rob, I don't know about your calendar, but I I'm I'm crushed. 
you know, yeah. I'm, we're adding more people to help me on the back end and help Angelo on the back end administratively. And, um, yeah, we're hiring too. We put out, I think four job postings just last week. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. it is, uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of which, if you are a, uh, a podcaster and you have uh, oral and written skills and know your way around a keyboard and have some, you know, I, I'm looking for somebody in Columbus. In Columbus is the key. You have to work in the office. They'll be working side by side with Angelo and the team. So, you know, if you send me your resume. <laughs> we haven't posted the job listing yet, so you're gonna getting a advance notice. But it's um and we you know, we finally filled a couple of positions we've been trying to fill, so I'm you know, I'm I'm thrilled. Um because it's it's a pain to hire people, and I don't, you know, we're HR. <laughs> I don't yeah, have an right. HR department, you know. You are HR, right? <clears throat> well, Barry is Barry's HR. Oh, Barry's HR. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good time. Um, uh, written by half of the podcast, please. No, I, I I'll be honest with you. I don't. When you have a trade organization the last people you want writing the bylaws and membership stuff is the podcast companies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. That's, not, fight like, over it, that's right? not a yeah. good idea. You know, you, you want some independent, you know, maybe what it is is we all got to kick in some money and hire someone to write up standard, you know, trade association rules, bylaws. And then what happens is once the association is formed and you have it manned, with a, with a warm body, you know, with someone, that, you know, that actually answers the phone. And that person is the organizer of the committees that are set up. And then from the membership, the committees are built out and have meetings and come up with uh, the, uh, the agenda and the message that you want to put out. And then the team that the trade association, they actually do the formulation of the written documents that are, um, that are published. You know, mm -hmm. so again, you got to have a, a butt in the seat somewhere um, that, that'll do that. And that's, you know, you're not, you're talking about maybe some office space and you're talking about two, three people. So you're talking three, four hundred thousand dollars in budget um, <clears throat> annually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you have 30 podcast companies that get involved and you know, membership is between five and $10,000 a year for the companies. And then whatever the amount is for podcasters, it's, you know, podcasters, you have to step and write checks too. So. Yeah. <clears throat> it's going to take some time to pull it together, but I think that there's some key reasons to have an association right now. And, and I know one of the big ones that has been talked about is, um, driving audience. <clears throat> and doing, uh, marketing activities, um, to, to drive su success of the medium forward. Um, and then, and then advertising standards, uh, ad standard formats, uh, lots of things that could come out of a group like that. <clears throat> you know, Greg's asking charter through NAB. He says radical or synergistic. Um, I don't know if the NAB would be the right place to, to do a charter out of, um, 
I don't know. I think, um, honestly, as a podcasting company, you can't even join the NAB yet. Right, so right. they haven't even, they haven't even established a place for us in, in the industry. So sure. They, they want our money as trade show and, uh, folks, but that's about as far as it goes right now. Yeah. And, so, we, and we have a few token sessions at their event. Yeah. So we're not really, a a full fledged member of the NAB yet as far as this medium, though it's starting to get some visibility at, at their conference. And it's a little surprising that that's still far behind, but I don't know, Todd, would you even want to join the NAB? No, I'd rather join the podcast association if there was one. Yeah, no, I think so too. So, Mike says, I have a question. Doesn't Farming Association kind of just make a larger door for those in radio to come and try and splash more of their model on one that is clearly its own independent model in this industry? Yeah, I'm sure the radio folks, someone would want to participate. But here's the key to an association. Now, when we when we joined the IAB, and I'm going to be careful here because I, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, we did so to, as a company, to protect the interest of podcasters and the agenda being put forth by certain companies. Um, we almost missed the party. And uh, we're fortunate that we were able to get in when we did and, um, and literally um, put, uh, you know, put our money where our mouth was to make sure that um, standards-wise, that we got our two cents worth in. Now, when it comes to an association, the key is, is a wide membership base. And when you have a wide membership base, not one single company or group can come in and and uh, and change things and make uh, and set an agenda. If you have a wide body, so for example, on the measurement committee, there's 37 companies involved in the measurement committee. We all did not get. We all did not agree to everything that was submitted for the standards, but 37 companies were able to come together and sign off on a document that had a little something for everybody um, and had technical points argued out. Um, I mean, well, not argued, battled out and um, case studies and scientific proof and everything that you have to use any type of, you know, when you're putting together a, um, a research paper, you have to be able to come up with sources and your information that justify what you're putting in the research paper is true. And um, so for us, uh, we are able to bring our data to the table and say, listen, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Uh, maybe, you know, that type of a situation. Um, and it's semi-political. You have to cooperate so in any association, though, it was because you have a wide body of folks working, uh, no one person can come in there and rule the roost. Um, I will say this, IEB is a for-profit company. They are not a non-profit. So in that instance, um, you have to also understand that 
the IB might be a little more um, amenable to a member that pays a bigger due every year. But that's not to say that they do. They they still, the committees uh, battle things out and no one voice has more voting power than the other. So I think in an association, association set up correctly and committee set up correctly, you can you can accomplish a lot without agendas. Well, you can keep the agendas at bay. Yeah, they're still going to be there. But yeah, yeah. it's it, just some people are going to get disappointed and other people are, are going to be somewhat disappointed. Yeah, I, I did, uh, <laughs> I did a, um, I gave uh, Dave Jackson some advice a few years ago. He was, uh, he put together the podcasting track at the original um, back when it was the, the new media expo a new yeah. media expo. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. I, and I told Dave, I said, uh, I'm going to give you some advice. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of submissions. And I said, you need to look at those with a critical eye because everyone has an agenda. <laughs> everyone that wants to speak has an agenda at, a, at a trade show event. And I said, and I, I have an agenda when I speak at a trade show event. So I'm warning you. <laughs> so I really was giving him warning to warn him about me and others that we all have agendas and to, you know, and, and later on he said, Oh man, you, you are so right. <laughs> because people come in with the, with an agenda of something that they're, you know, it's it, quote unquote, a, a training opportunity for a session. But then you read between the lines. You're like, is this really a pitch? Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine line. Sometimes it's a fine yeah. line between yeah. pitch and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's not so fine line. It's pretty blatant. Right. Yeah, right. You can go that way too. So Mike says, I don't view this, that the association would have to be nonprofit. If nothing else, there are other models to use as a foundation to build this larger, more impactful organization. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of models. The Constitution, the Code of Conduct for this association would be absolutely key. You're absolutely right. The 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 um, I don't think they call it a constitution. What do they call the bylaw? Not the bylaws. The it's a code of conduct, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but they have, you know, this, that whole 25 page document, which it usually ends up being, um, there, you know, I think a company that helps form associations could be paid to come up with that. But then again, yeah. you're probably going to need a committee <laughs> of, you know, of podcasters and podcasting companies to put that document together. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of energy. You know, we were spending two hours a week, um, you know, doing IEB stuff and then research three, four hours a week. That's a lot of energy for a small company. Yeah. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. But it seems to be paying off and, and these IAB <laughs> standards, the, the version two standards seem to be, uh, something that's important to many of the companies and uh, they've been actually making claims about yeah. whether or not they're, they're supporting them. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I have auditors scheduled now. They're finally on the schedule to come and and uh, poke holes in my system. <laughs> Hopefully they find no holes. 
So who's the the auditors that are doing that for you? It's uh, someone that IB Tech Labs has uh, contracted to do that. So they're going to come in and uh, be in the office for two or three days and uh, dig deep. And uh, do dig- you have to pay them to come out oh. and do all that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's that was. You think the IB membership check was a small was a big one to write? The certification check was much, much larger. Really, but wow. for but you know, it, and it's going to be it'll be available for any company that is an I well an IEB member that wants to become certified. They're going to be able to go through this process. I think we're one of three or four companies that are, uh, you know, volunteered to be guinea pigs. So uh, we're going to go through it too. Yeah, have yeah. fun. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah, it's. It's not uh, not a small deal, but it, the, you know it, it. It's time, and that's annually. We have to pay that annually. So, so they come out and check it annually. Is that what they do? Yep, yep. You got to write the check every year. So it's you know, it's just you know, I want. I think it's good for the audience to know <laughs> that your hosting fees and what you pay your providers to to take care of your podcast. Um, is being that money is being utilized to um, continue to invest in the space and help the space grow. It's um, it's a um, you know for us we just it was a check we had to write. We we couldn't we could not not write the check. So yeah, I and mean, you hope that it ends up driving you more business. You know that's ultimately what you hope. Hey, Todd, do you know, does the IEB get involved in um, ad format standards? Yeah, that's their that's their bread and butter. That's their big bread. Okay. They haven't tackled that with podcasting yet. Well, it's, it's in the dock. There are, I think there's a page dedicated to, you know, the quote unquote. But they haven't really focused on it yet, huh? Not <clears throat> specific defining units. And I, yeah, and, well, and also, you know, what what type of creative do they get involved in? I mean, true formats, not so much just duration or, or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, how far down this rabbit hole do they go? You know, they go into banner standards, banner sizes, banner yeah, display right. times, all that stuff. They hate, they, they are in that. I, I don't know if they go that deep in the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they basically define the different types of ad deals. You know, we have to report revenue on ad deals to them annually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, matter of fact, that that dictates how much we pay for membership. Um, is the actual and it's tied right back to advertising sales. So the yeah. more the more advertising sales you have, the bigger your membership fee is. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I guess where my question really comes from is is getting more of these agencies to look at. Um, you know, more host read formatted ads versus radio ads. Um, more and more, I think we're still in this kind of this learning curve, right? Of of a transition between different ad content formats, right? Not so much, you know, whether it's a fifteen second or thirty second, or or those are more technical specifications, but more on the creative side, right? Yeah, I I, I don't think they're 
I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, we haven't started round three of the document yet. Um, although there's been some discussions going on, we've got a Slack group that we all chat in, and and I use it quite often to uh, when someone is quoted in an article and they say they're not compliant. I like to always stir the pot by dropping that link and saying why, <laughs> why you're not, why are you not yet compliant? <laughs> Yeah. You know. Well, cuz there's been an article that came out um here over the last week or so. Yeah. Where some of the companies are claiming compatibility with it and and it's raised some questions, right? Well, there's been some questions asked. Well, here's the bottom line, the 24-hour window. Yeah. Is That's the key. That's a key differentiator. Yeah. The 24-hour window is causing major angst. In some companies, and I noticed that uh, there's there's comments have been made that some some of these platforms out there are making the 24 hour window an op. I'm making it an option. Yes. <laughs> well, what that really here's here's what that means, Rob. I know what it means. Yeah. Uh, do I have a dollar bill around here? <laughs> Uh, if if they're using anything less than 24 hours, then their revenue goes down. Once they switch to 24 hours, yeah. Once they switch to 24 hours, the, the revenue drops. Yeah. If yeah. you're if you're on a if you're on a refresh rate of like every 15 minutes, your revenue goes up. Uh, no. If you're yeah. now refreshing it, oh, oh yeah, it goes way up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and what, what we're referring to is the amount of time that you look in the log data for a specific IP coming in and downloading, there's rules on how many times you can measure a single IP that is downloaded a specific episode file. And yeah. it's supposed to be within a 24 hour window. So let's just use just a rough analogy here that if, uh, and we're not even going to talk about the rules, but if you, if you're on a 15 minute window <laughs> and someone starts to listen to a show and stops and they're not subscribed, and they get off the subway and uh, walk up to their office and get in their office and restart the show again, and they're not and, subscribed? And it's 16 minutes. It's 16 yeah. minutes. That's two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Instead that's of two. one. And yeah, exactly. so you take that and compound that over 24 hours, and then you can see where there could be some inflation of of download data and loss of revenue. So, yeah. but here's the kicker, you know, Rob, if they really do the science, if they really pull, let's say they pull 24 hours worth of logs and they, and they actually do a, the deep analysis that they should be doing, uh, they will find that the 24 hour window is just fine because such a high percentage of yeah. uh, IPs are only seen once ever on an episode. I mean, it's so high that we're, you know, yeah. But if you're on a 15 minute window, you definitely can get inflation because of the, well, just the time on that percentage of people that aren't subscribed. Yeah. People get phone calls, people get interrupted, and they, they pause their listening and then they restart it after they get off a phone call. I mean, how many times have you been on a oh. 16 minute phone call, right? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So you can kind of, kind of see how that happens. And, and some platforms that I'm not going to name names, but I, I know who they are. <laughs> Me are, too. 
are offering a little radio button uh, on on their content management systems or their publishing systems that you can you can opt into the twenty four hours or you don't have to right you can keep with that fifteen minute well, if you want I I think it's that all is all about revenue adjustments right revenue adjustments and you may have to lay some people off when you have to lower revenue so it's it's a serious issue you know and it yeah. and I hate to say it get with the program. Quit screwing well, us. There's been platforms that have uh, taken the hit, taken the pain, um, and then there's ones that want to make it optional here, and that's <laughs> that's uh, you know it's it's a way to deflect responsibility, right? Yeah. It's, it's basically a way to say, okay, you the podcaster are now the one that's making this choice. We as a platform are are not forcing you to do this, we're shifting the responsibility away. And I, and most of the responsible platforms will just cut everybody over because yeah. that's, that's, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right? Sounds like a landmine, Rob. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh man. You never so, know who's listening to the show. And, I know. I and know, and we, exactly. we, we often find out who's listening to this show through back channel communications. Yes. And we always, we that often happened cut. last week. Oh, too, it did. So. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm just, and if, if yeah. I find out you're not on a 24 hour window and you're doing that, I'm, I'm not going to hesitate and, and, and calling you out. You've had, well, you've had six I months. I am a little bit here. I'm not going to. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it on the yeah. show. But yeah. if I'm having a private conversation with you, you know, yeah. you've yeah. had six months. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's level the playing field. That was the goal here. Yeah. You know. Well, some of these platforms are not what I would call kind of uh, open, right? Um, <laughs> some of them are, are platforms that, you know, are like an exclusive club. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to be invited in. Yeah. Or they they only work with certain people, and those are the typically the platforms that are skirting these these type of things. They're yeah, a platform like what you and I have, Todd, which are much more public. We make a cha- we make a change like that onto our platform, and everybody sees it. Right. right. <clears throat> well, and everybody's going to talk about it. Yeah, because there's you know fifty thousand shows that are affected. You yeah, know? exactly. I can't keep keep the lid on that. Right. And that's why Libsyn took so much heat when they made their change. Because it was pain. I I understand why Rob had to do it. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and they just had... And the- some of these platforms are, are, are actually inching their way towards <laughs> compliance, right? It's not like um, they turn the switch tomorrow, right? And right. all their hosts drop 30% in their traffic. And guess what? Their customer service lines blow up, um, which oh. is what what happens right oh i i know someone that actually did inc- have as still incrementally walking towards the 24-hour window yeah it's like uh we're at uh we're at 12 hours and 15 minutes now right and like once a month they make a change because they don't because the audience yeah. numbers are they don't want the audience numbers to go boom like drop like an elevator they want them just to gradually we don't know why your numbers are declining yeah, exactly. we really don't we don't we don't understand it you should go back and look at your content. We don't know why you've lost 30% of your audience over the last 12 months. Really, we don't. Get, get, work harder. 
That's right. That's right. It's your audio quality. And it's truly a disservice to the podcaster. If you think about it, it's some sneaky BS. You know, go ahead and make the change and say, we had to make change. Sorry. Sorry. Pull pull that Band-Aid off. It's going to hurt. Yeah. And and, 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 and don't give faults. I hate more than anything. Okay, so I'm my show's cruising along. I got X number of listeners. I'm yes, I'm good. And then I drop twenty five percent, and I'm like, it takes the wind out of your sails. So I understand it why does. they why it they does. want to incrementally drop it. But um, if it was wrong to begin with, it was you had false reality yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. These topics don't get discussed very much, Todd. No. So we're, we're kind of, you know, if you're listening to this show, you're hearing kind of the inside <laughs> dirt on what's going on in this medium. So, it, but I think it needs to be talked about. I think people need to know what's going on here. And, well, and, yeah. I, and I think they're all trying to get there. Um, sure. Oh, no. I, I think they're doing it, you know, to I some hope degree for the right reasons most of the time. Yeah. Um, I understand the concern, you know, um, but you as a podcaster on, on this plat on these platforms or whatever, you need to realize that we're all under the gun to make these changes and, and it, it's going to have an impact on our, our relationship with the podcasters that use our platform yep. and somehow we have to get through it. And I, you know, it's, you know, we may lose some customers because they go over to some mm-hmm. other platform that's still inching their way down. That's but eventually right. they're going to wind up being at the same point that we're at already. So. I had some people that lo- that left and, and sent me, oh, my numbers are great over here. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a matter of time. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah. there's, you know, there's only so much. I, sorry. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. we and we every once in a while we run into something that we miss too. You know, something happens and you're like, "Where did that yeah. come from?" And you have to go and do a filter or something, and then the people's shows take a hit. You know, it's just it's just the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's true. Yeah, boy, we've skirted the issue here today, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> we made everybody depressed now. <laughs> They're not going to come back and listen to us next week. <laughs> Mike says, any change, any change to stats makes my day lousy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the support guys. They're the ones that get just crushed, yeah, you know? Exactly. And there's people are, you know, we have people that check their, st- uh, you know, I, I have to admit, when I was in the early days of podcasting, when we first got our stats online, I was in, I basically I had the page on refresh. <laughs> you know, I was just in there. It was, it was a tab open in my browser. Yeah. There's a lot of people that still do that. Yeah. So, you know, if, if stats are even like a minute late, <laughs> we have people like calling us and sending tickets and my state stats haven't updated. What's going on? The world is falling, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, I, I appreciate people's uh, motivation to looking at their stats. Um, I haven't really even looked at this shows in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and not all the platforms are getting the, the stats reporting back from Spotify yet either. I know we're, we're, yeah. we're still working on trying to get that, get those APIs relationships going with Spotify too. I know there's only been a couple of platforms that I think have it set up. Yeah. We, we're pulling 
log files, I think, is what we're pulling. I think we're... Oh, yeah, oh, you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At like least I thought the last it was an API. Yeah, I thought it was an API. I don't think we're using an API. I mean, if it is, it's just log data that we're pulling oh. via an API. I think. Oh, uh, and then you guys have to parse that yeah. that raw data. Yeah. So the dev team had a couple of weeks of work to get, you know, to, first of all to figure it out, and okay. um, yeah. Um, well, I should I should look at the. Uh, I should look at the YouTube chat. There's some YouTube chat going in here. Oh, well, pull uh, it up. And yeah, I'm looking at here. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, okay. So Eileen's been in both chat rooms. So somebody called Beauty Bubble has been asking question. Uh-huh. I don't know who she is. Is she the... Uh, I don't, Eileen, who is she? Is she the, yeah. one of the folks from CastBox? <laughs> no, 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 she's not. <clears throat> oh, okay. No, she's a podcaster. She does a show on YouTube. And, oh, okay. Yeah, she's and, she's and, uh, on Spreaker too. She's doing a show on Spreaker too. Yeah, so everyone's watching, uh, I'm watching that. Very rarely do we get chat in actually the YouTube channel. Uh-huh. So, well, I, I guess we'll, We'll see how this all falls out. Um, the, you know, what are your expectations for podcast movement this year, Rob? From what I hear, it's it's got more registrations for attendees than um, than they had in total last year. So um, that usually is a is a good sign. I know that the Hall of Fame um, is going to be a separate event from yeah. the the awards now, so they're not blended together. Mm. So I guess all of the past winners of the Hall of Fame are all going to sit at the same table or something like that, I yeah. guess, at the event. And, Does that mean I have um, to dress up? I don't know what that means, actually. <laughs> Does that mean we have to dress up? Does that mean we have to wear a tuxedo? <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't know. Question. Dan Franks was in the... Dan, if you're in the in live, um, we had to have Dan on. I don't, of course, he's a busy man. I don't know if he'll have time before the show. Yeah. To be on because well, we're, we're actually, you know, if I looked at the Rob, I got to get my presentation going. How about you? Well, I sent out an email to you last week. Yeah. The state of podcasting panel. So we've got to do a call next week to, to all get on the same page. With yeah. What we're going to talk about. But so, I've got to, I've got to start. I've got a base or a, something to build from, but I got a week's worth of work on that to get done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still pulling together our booth. I've set pretty high expectations for myself because I had a full room last year and I think Dan's given me a bigger room this year. So I, I gotta, I gotta be ready and make sure I'm ready to present. Yeah. Yep. So I I would imagine I haven't even looked at the schedule when I'm even speaking. So I need to go in and look at that. The, the, the schedule's out. So yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, you're in my panel. Yeah, and what what day do we do that? I think it's on the 24th, I believe. Okay, yeah, I just need to go look at it and put it in my calendar. It's like 1.30 on the 24th. It's the State of Podcasting panel. That that dreaded after lunch panel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always funny it's when, you're, uh, when you're speaking at these events, you always go look into your head-to-head with. 
And you're going to know pretty much if you're going to have a big audience or not, just based upon, ugh, yeah, you know, oh my God, who else is, who else there, is speaking right? that hour, yeah. you know? You yeah. Know. <laughs> well, I'll plan on inviting Dan on, hopefully for like the 14th or something. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could get him on. Uh, yeah. Oh, Dan left, Eileen said. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it'd be cool. He's He's going to be, yeah, they're going to be busy. I, yeah. I that's that's such a huge it's 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 such a huge time suck, you know. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be a gonna be a good event. Yeah. So we're we've been, ta- been talking with my team. What are we gonna do the last day? You know, I'm just kinda of thinking to myself, and we're not gonna be in the booth. I'm it's gonna be a new experience for me because the, the show floor is only open two days. Yeah. And the third day is the the thing continues. I'm just going to be like, uh, <laughs> doing yeah, right. this, you know? Well, you know, a lot of people leave early too. So that's part of the reason probably why they did it is because the last day is usually nobody around anyway. Yeah. Um, well, there's a full session track that day. So yeah, that's true. They probably figure that everybody's been through the exhibition. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you get to the third day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Todd, are you available for to do the show? Um, I mean, obviously on the seventh, we're gonna have the Google guy. Yeah. Um, the fourteenth. Yep. And the twenty first. Yep. Well, good. Okay. Well, the twenty. So what time? So when are you flying out? Yeah, let me go look. I think it's the Saturday, the twenty first evening. So I, I think I'm good. Yeah, I fly out on the twenty second. So. Yeah. Well, you can't get there from here, and if you want to get there the same day. So let, yeah. me, let me look and double check my reservation. One of the most expensive flights I've flown this year is getting into Philly. I have no idea why it's so expensive to go in there. It's the time of the year. It's a holiday time. I mean, it's a summer. Yeah. Summer travel time. Let me look. Make sure it's not. It was an expensive flight. Yeah, I, it, it was an expensive plane ticket. Let's see here. Yeah, I, at four o'clock in the afternoon, so we'll, I'll be able to do a show. So okay, okay. Yeah, I get into uh, yeah four o'clock <clears throat> departure, and then I don't get into uh, Philly till ten a.m. the next day. So because oh, okay. yeah, I'm six hours behind. It's just it's like yeah. it's like flying the red eye out of here, but it leaves at four. Yeah. So, yeah. And okay. I'm going direct to Chicago, which is beautiful. In first, yes. All right. <laughs> in in first class. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Got got my upgrade already. So that's uh, terrific. Yeah, it, it really is terrific. <laughs> <laughs> On a lay down seat too. So. Oh, you can sleep a little. Yeah. Bit. That's that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two two beers and an and an Ambien. <laughs> two beers. <laughs> no, I don't take Ambien. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're probably at the at the end of the road here aren't we yeah yeah we started a little late but i think we're good enough all right folks um thanks for being here and uh should be exciting show next week if the google guy uh shows on time so i think you will yeah yeah so we'll we'll keep you advised here um should be a really good show and lots of we have to hopefully we can keep him longer than 30 minutes (laughs) we'll see but uh We'll keep him around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the late start, but sometimes Skype does that. But other than that, everyone, thanks for being here. Rob, how they reach you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Rob Greenley, or you can send me an email at rob at spreaker.com or rob at voxnest.com. I know I've got way too many email addresses. That's all, but, that's... Um, but yeah, we definitely want to hear from you if you have any questions or if you have any uh, sharing that you want to do on things that you're hearing in the space, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Little birds are always good good things to have. We actually so. missed talking about one thing. We did we now. Yeah. Bonus content here, Todd. Well, we talked we it goes back to Castbox on incorrect oh. number of episodes and feeds or, or on uh-huh. their site. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry there our East Coast informant. We missed it. Ah. Yeah, so I well we we dug on them enough. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can reach me, Todd, at blueberry.com or on Twitter at Geek News. And uh, just send us your tidbits. We'd love to hear those little uh, <laughs> uh, interesting insider information stuff, uh, all the juicy stuff you're hearing that uh, we're willing to talk about that other people are not. So uh, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on the new media show. Everyone take care. Aloha. Bye bye. Take care. Bye.